You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello from the Customer Treasury Service Unit of AIB. Welcome to our weekly updates on Tuesday, May the 21st. I'm Gavin O'Carroll and our Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan, joins us to discuss escalating trade tensions and to welcome back Brexit onto the front pages. Ollie, since last week, trade tensions have escalated between the US and China. And with increased tariffs potentially threatening global growth, that is not good news looking forward. Well, you can see that reflected in the performance of the stock markets this month. I mean, obviously, stock markets had a very strong start of the year, uh, very well up in the opening quarter. But the last number of weeks, we have seen those those global trade tensions ramped up, um, difficulties in in the US-China trade talks, imposition of tariffs. And, uh, you know, there are real concerns that this could damage the prospects for global growth going forward. Uh, and it hasn't been good news to the stock markets. So it's back onto the agenda. It was unexpected. The expectation was that we would have a, a U.S.-China trade deal, especially with U.S. elections coming up next year. And I think that's still the expectation. But the market was taken a bit by surprise that the that the talks have run into some difficulties and uh, an unexpected imposition of tariffs by both uh, the US firstly and then China in response. So the global economy has done well in the first quarter, but there's still concerns out there. Uh, The PMIs have been weak in the last couple of months. Manufacturing activity in particular has been very weak and somewhat impacted by slowing global trade uh, on the back of the uncertainties around tariffs, etc. So it's unwelcome news, uh, but we'll watch this closely in the coming weeks. Um, I think they're due to meet next month in terms of the two leaders. So the betting still is it suits both countries to do a trade deal, but it might just take a bit more time to get there than what we'd expected. And a few more tariffs thrown in there. Yeah, he's picked a big opponent in China, and tensions between the US and Iran are also sending oil prices higher. Grand crude this week, around 73-odd dollars per barrel but not really actually uh, at the highs that it touched off last year. Yeah, we've got to remember last year, oil got up to over $80 a barrel. Nonetheless, I mean, there has been a pickup again in oil prices in recent times, and we can expect that to be reflected in higher inflation rates. Uh, CPI data are due out of the UK this week. The underlying rate, which excludes energy, is not expected to move, but we could see the headline rate pick up from below 2%. I think it's 1.8 forecast, maybe a 2.1%. That reflects those higher oil prices. Uh, and there's no doubt that concerns around supply, uh, the ongoing tensions between Iran and the US, dragging in Saudi Arabia as well, what's going on in Yemen, this is all unsettling the market uh, and pushing oil prices higher. Uncertainty is the last thing we need in the market talk. We're going to race along because we need to get through the currency bit just firstly as a pointer to what we really want to get to, which is the Brexit talk. Currencies, euro dollar around 111, Ollie, sterling dollar known as cable, lower at 127 ish. And that leaves sterling effectively about 3% weaker against the euro, approaching 88p levels this week. That's about 2% weaker than last year alone. Yeah, last week. Last alone. week it is, yeah. Now, what's happened is sterling had been in a very narrow trade range in the last couple of months, going back to February. It really had been between, let's say, 85 and 87p. And it was, you know, the euro was down 85p at the start of May. But as you say, and particularly in the last week, sterling's come under a bit of pressure because the, the, the reason sterling recovered in the early part of the year was an expectation that a no-deal hard Brexit would be avoided and that the UK parent would approve some form of withdrawal agreement paving the way for a soft Brexit. There's deepening concerns now in the market that Theresa May will not get, obviously, her withdrawal bill to Parliament. We could have a new leader elected in the Conservative Party over the summer, likely to be Brexiteer, may well favour a no-deal hard Brexit. 
And it's difficult to see at this stage how uh, a withdrawal agreement or any form of agreement will be negotiated with the EU that will pass uh, the, uh, the House of Parliament in the UK. It remains the case that Parliament uh, is very much against a no deal, but it can't agree on what it wants. So you may have seen comments by Hilary Benn last week. He's the chairman of the Parliamentary Brexit Committee, uh, a senior Labour Party figure, noting that if this, if Parliament... If the impasse in Parliament continues and Parliament can't agree a way forward here, that the issue may have to go back to the people in terms of a referendum. And of course that opens up the prospect of it could be a binary referendum, the options being remain or leave with no deal. Uh, and that will unnerve the markets. And I have seen some of the major houses now up the probability of the UK leaving without a deal. And there have been warnings from both the Irish and UK governments that we need to prepare here again. Uh, in case there is a no-deal hard Brexit later on in the year. The, the timelines are not great here. I mean, Theresa May is going to bring the withdrawal bill back to Parliament in June. Uh, it's not expected that she will get anywhere with that. She may step down then in June or July. A new parliament, I say, a new Prime Minister will be elected maybe by September, but then we're up against you know another exit date, which is the end of October, and nothing resolved or no progress made on the, on the uh, Brexit issue. So what happens at that stage? So the markets are getting increasingly nervous here uh, that you know, we won't get the soft Brexit we expected. And it's unclear what path we will take in this. But it could well go to another referendum and goodness knows what the result of that would be. We do not have crystal balls in the financial markets, but just listening to you read out that Brexit timeline there again, I mean, the European negotiators, Ollie, wouldn't have been expecting the UK to fitter away the timelines when they pushed out the last hard deadline out to October. But here we are talking that like we, we, we could lose May and June and July rapidly and suddenly we're into August, September. October's the hard deadline. We all know how serious this is for potentially the Irish economy and Britain and relationships with Europe. We all know the political rhetoric has stepped up over last weekend as well from the Irish government. And you can see the political uncertainty in the UK is significant and remains significant. Yeah, I think we need to be conscious here. We've got used to sterling being in quite a narrow range over the last couple of years. It's trade between 85 to 91p. And uh, I don't think we'll get much clarity in terms of direction, as you say, over the summer. If we get to July or August, we're into holiday season. I mean, the European Commission closes down, Parliament's in recess. So we could go back here in September and looking at an exit date in uh, the next month in October, and we're no further down the road in terms of pro- progressing Brexit. Sterling, you know, if we do go that route that Hillary Ben outlined, which is going back to the people in a referendum, and if it is that binary choice in terms of leave it no deal or remain, uh, you know, the implications for Sterling are quite significant. The outcome of that will, will trigger a major move in Sterling, and even ahead of it, it could be moved by the polls. I mean, if the UK was to decide to remain, uh, the euro could fall back towards ADP very, very quickly. Uh, on the other hand, if the UK opted to leave without a deal, well, we could be heading towards parity. So that range we've seen over the last couple of years uh, could well break down those sort of circumstances. I say 85 to 91p has been the range. But you know, as we come, as, as issues come to a head here, and if it's a binary choice, will be a binary choice for stirring as well in terms of which way it moves. Uh, and, you know, the focus will go back onto opinion polls. Now, there's a lot of water to flow under the bridge here. There's some time away, but I think people just need to be conscious of that. I mean, we, we are in this narrow range, and we're starting at 80p this morning or thereabouts. That's right in the middle of that range we've had over the last two years. But if we do more move towards that referendum uh, binary option, Sterling will be unnerved. This isn't just um, 
chief economist in AIB and uh, Treasury having a, an internal conversation. I remember when we spoke about this at the podcast earlier on this year, I think it was back in January, Mark Carney came out very quickly after we'd been discussing this on the Market Talk podcast. And he clearly thought that there was potential for up to a 25% loss in value in sterling at a moment in time after a hard Brexit. And the Irish Central Bank, in its analysis, has talked about a 15% fall in sterling. It's what it's built into its forecast, which would take you up to parity. Mark Carney's was quite dramatic. I mean, uh, in those sort of circumstances, the euro would rise above one. Um, it could go through parity. But I think what, we're, what the central banks are signalling in there, and the market commentators, is uh, a no-deal hard Brexit has the potential, as well as everything else it brings in terms of disruptions to trade, to trigger a very big fall in sterling. There'll be real concerns uh, for the UK economy in those sort of circumstances. A flight of investment, it would be very negative news. Uh, stock market as well would get hit. So the, we saw it after the Brexit referendum back in 2016. I mean, sterling dropped like a stone overnight. So this can move very quickly by a big amount. And, and again in September, immediately after that, three months later, because of the turmoil at the top of the Tory party. Correct, in terms of what Theresa May outlined, the, 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 the route that would take. So... Uh, I'm just warning listeners that you know sterling can move very sharply, uh, very quickly on the news uh, on Brexit, and uh, with no sign yet of the impasse in Parliament being uh, overcome, it may well go back to a, a, another referendum. And more politicians are talking about that in the UK. It does strike me. I mean, the elections are coming up on Thursday, and the polls show the Brexit Party could it could pull 35 percent. Uh, the UK economy has also started to improve. So if you're sitting there as a hard Brexiteer, you might think, actually, we could win another referendum result again, and this time have clarity around it. It's remain or leave on a certain date with no deal, and nobody can be in any doubt. And uh, they may well begin to think, well, we can't. Obviously, Parliament is not in support of, of a no-deal hard Brexit, but if we go back to the people, we could win that referendum again, particularly if there's that type of vote for uh, the Brexit party in the European elections. So the European elections take place this weekend. They run from the Thursday through Sunday and results expected late on Sunday night. Yes, it's important to realise, let's take, for example, Ireland, the counting really can't start until the polls uh, close. close yeah. Now, there might be preliminary counts, and whatnot, but results can't be released. So we won't get results... Uh, uh, until Sunday night in terms of the European elections. Obviously, by the time the markets open on, on Monday, uh, the, most of the results should be in. We'll have a clear indication of the outcome. Again, for the European Parliament, it's expected that Eurosceptic parties, nationalistic parties could do quite well, and the centre ground will be squeezed. I think it's an important article you've written in the Irish Examiner for today's paper, Tuesday, and you, you lead with that quote from Hilary Benn, the Labour MP, Chairman of the UK Parliamentary Brexit Committee. And I think the other side to that as well is we've got that European election result then probably changing the narrative slightly, not only in, in Europe, but more importantly in the UK potentially next week. And we have a fair bit of economic data and economic releases this week to go through. Ollie, just bring us through, I mean, you just mentioned before the podcast opened there, we've an awful lot of uh, PMI data coming out this Thursday. Yeah, I mean, um, the PMIs have been signalling uh, weaker growth ahead for Nearly all, nearly all economies. So we get the we get preliminary data for May, and we also get uh, business survey data out of Germany and France for May. So PMIs, particularly on the manufacturing side, have fallen to quite low levels in recent months. Uh, the hope is we might begin to see some improvement in the PMI data uh, for May. But on the other hand, the 
I suppose the, the flaring up again of those trade tensions between China and uh, the US does nothing for business confidence. But the expectations that they might begin to edge upwards or at least find a floor on the PMI. So they are important data. I say they're May data. They follow weak airport numbers. So the markets will be following closely. We also get a fair bit of data of the UK retail sales. Now they're expected to fall back in April, but they've been very strong in the first quarter. Friday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as I mentioned earlier on, Inflation data out of the UK. Wednesday. Yes, uh, and that is likely to begin to see the effects of those higher oil prices pushing up the CPI rate. IFO Business Climate Index, the German Business yeah. Sentiment Index, that's out on Thursday morning. Also, the French version of that, the INSEE Business yeah. Climate. And look, that's that's going to give us a fair degree of pointers as to what's going on in May across the both the European and the US economies as well. Ollie, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you sincerely to our customers and listeners for subscribing to our weekly updates. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, don't hesitate to subscribe to AOB's Market Talk on iTunes or the podcast apps for iOS or Android. And wherever you are in the world, we look forward to speaking with you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.